You're listening to audio from Mercy's Door Community Church in Mascouda, Illinois. If you'd like to get more information about Mercy's Door, we'd love for you to connect with us on Facebook or check us out at mercysdoor.org. Good morning, friends. My name is Adam. I'm the lead teaching pastor here at the church. Really glad you guys are with us uh, this Christmas Eve morning. As we continue uh, to kind of finish out our our six-sentence passage in Colossians 1, um, this morning, we're going to focus on just two lines um, to try to get our eyes on uh, to a very present Father God. Um, in this passage, in verse 19 and 20, it reads like this. It says that in Him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. And this morning's message is oriented primarily around that first line, that first sentence, which claims that in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. I ask you guys a question this morning as you think about our Father God. When I ask you, will you describe our Father God to me? If a stranger were to ask you, can you tell me about your God? How many of you instinctively, to describe the Father, close your eyes and recount stories about Jesus? How many of you work your mind through the gospel and start to declare the life of Jesus Christ to describe the Father, to make sense of your Father God? Well, I hold out to you that in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, we read that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He said of himself in John 14, when he was speaking to one of his disciples, Philip, he said, I have been with you for so long, Philip, and still do you not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? In Colossians, again, in chapter 2, verse 9, we're going to read one added word to this claim. For in him, in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And so my aim in a brief sermonette this morning is to get you get your guys to take your eyes and to fix them on the bodily life of Jesus and to say to you, behold the Father. Look at your God in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now it's Christmas Eve and so we'll start off, I think, where it's fitting to begin. We'll start at the conception of Jesus. I want you to see Jesus the zygote. Jesus, the immaculately conceived one, Jesus, the fetus in Mary's womb. In that Jesus, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell bodily. When Jesus was born in a manger, announced by angels and marked by a star and visited by magi, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When he was circumcised and named and presented at the temple, Jesus It was in him that the fullness of God was pleased to dwell bodily. When he was carried away by mom and dad to Egypt to escape Herod's sword, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. When he was found teaching in a temple at the age of 12, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. When he was baptized in the Jordan River, when the skies opened up, when the Father looked down at him and smiled and spoke affirmations audibly over him and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, in this moment too, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. When he was tempted for 40 days in the desert wilderness by our enemy, Satan, 
and he prevailed without sin. It was the fullness of God that was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When John the Baptist declared that Jesus was the Messiah, when Jesus turned the water into wine at Cana, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When he traveled into Jerusalem and he cleansed the temple for the first time, it was the fullness of God that was pleased to dwell in him bodily. See the life and work of Jesus and see the Father God, the exact imprint of his nature. When he visited with Nicodemus, when he ministered in Judea to his followers, when he ministered in Samaria and encountered that woman at the well, you were seeing the fullness of God, pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. When he healed a lame man on the Sabbath in Jerusalem, when he called Peter and Andrew and James and John, when he healed a demon-possessed man, when he amazed the people with his teaching, when he healed Peter's mother-in-law, in each of these, the fullness of the Father God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. Kids, some of these stories you know. Some of them you don't remember. Some of them you can ask mom and dad about tonight when you guys gather around for your Christmas Eve celebrations. But whatever stories you know, however acquainted you are with the life and ministry of Jesus, in each example what you are seeing is the exact imprint, the embodiment of the Father God. Come for us, Emmanuel, God with us. So whether your favorite story is that Jesus healed the crowds in Capernaum or that he healed the leper or that he healed the paralytic, in each of these healings you saw the fullness of God pleased to dwell in him bodily. When he taught about fasting, when he healed the man with the withered hand, when he healed again at the Sea of Galilee, when he preached his famous Sermon on the Mount, when he healed the centurion's slave, when Jesus raised the widow's son, when he rebuked the people of Galilee for their faithlessness and their unbelief, when he invited the weary to follow him and promised them rest, what you were seeing was the fullness of God pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. When he was anointed by a sinful woman, when Jesus healed a blind man, when he rebuked those who were only seeking a sign from him, when he was misunderstood by his own mother and brothers, in each of these, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When Jesus taught the parable of the sower, the parable of the lamp on a lampstand, the parable of the seed of God's kingdom, the parable of the wheat and the seeds, the parable of the yeast, the parable of the treasure that was hidden in a field, the parable of the pearl and the parable of the net, when he taught the parable of the landowner, in each of these teachings, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When he calmed the storm, when he walked on water, when he restored the man living in the tombs, when he healed the woman with the issue of the blood, when she just touched the fringe of his garment, when he healed two blind men, when he healed the demon-possessed man, in each of these, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When Jesus was rejected in his own hometown, when he sent out his disciples to preach and to heal, when he fed the 5,000 plus women and children, when he walked on the water and, he, and the people were terrified, he said, do not fear, it is I. You saw the fullness of God pleased to dwell in him bodily. When he taught the message of the bread of life, when he healed the Canaanite woman's daughter, when he healed the deaf man and he healed many more on the mountain by the Sea of Tiberias, 
when he fed the 4,000 plus the women and children in each of these, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When he warned others about the influence of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when he healed the blind man in Bethsaida, when Peter confessed him as the Christ for the first time, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When Jesus foretold of his death and resurrection, when he was transfigured before his disciples, when he cast out the belligerent demon from the boy, when he produced a coin from the mouth of a fish to pay the temple tax, when he taught about service and ministry in his name. In each of these stories, what you're seeing is the fullness of the Father, pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. When he taught his parables about the unforgiving slave, when he showed compassion on the Samaritan city that rejected him, remember when his disciples said, shall we call down fire? And he rebuked them. When Jesus called his followers into a full commitment, when he taught his disciples how to pray, when he humbled the Pharisee and the law expert who challenged him, when he taught the parable of the Good Samaritan, when he taught the parable of the rich fool, when he taught the parable of the wildflowers and of the ravens, in each of these teachings you saw the fullness of God pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. When Jesus foretold of his crucifixion, when he foretold of his second coming, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him. When he taught the parable of the barren fig tree, when he healed the woman with the crooked back, when he claimed to be one with God, was it not so? After all, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When Jesus taught us about the narrow way, when Jesus expressed sorrow for Jerusalem, when he healed the bloated man, when he taught the parable of the large banquet, when he taught the cost of following him, when he taught the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son, when he taught the parable of the dishonest manager, when he taught the parable of the rich man and Lazarus in the afterlife, when Jesus healed 10 lepers on his way to Jerusalem, when he raised his friend Lazarus, from the dead. In each of these things, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. And when he taught about the advent of the kingdom, when he taught the parables on prayer, about the persistent widow, about the proud Pharisee and the tax collector, when he welcomed the little children into his lap and he blessed them, when he met with the rich young ruler and called him to follow him, when he taught the parable of the vineyard workers, when he healed blind Bartimaeus, when he met with Zacchaeus, when he taught the parable of the Minas, and even while the Sanhedrin plotted against Jesus and Lazarus, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When Mary of Bethany anointed Jesus, when he entered triumphantly into Jerusalem, when he cleansed the temple and he ministered there, when the Greeks asked to meet with Jesus, when the Jews continued on in their unbelief, when the Sanhedrin questioned Jesus' authority, when the Sadducees tried to ensnare him with their questions about the afterlife, about the resurrection, when Jesus taught the greatest commandment, when he rebuked the scribes and Pharisees, when he taught about the widow's sacrificial offering, 
when he taught the parables of the ten virgins and the two vineyard workers and the vineyard owner and the wedding feast and of the talents. In each of these, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. When Judas was planning to betray Jesus, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When the preparations were being made for the Passover feast, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When the preparations were made and he was seated and he washed his disciples' feet, when he gave that new commandment and he foretold his disciples that they would deny him, when he instituted the Lord's Supper, in all of these, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When Jesus interceded for his disciples in prayer, when he agonized in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was betrayed and arrested, when he was dragged before Annas and Caiaphas, when Peter denied even knowing him, when the Sanhedrin condemned him, when Jesus was dragged before Pontius Pilate and Pontius kicked him off to Herod Antipas and Herod kicked him back to Pontius Pilate, when Herod condemned him to death in the place of Barabbas, when the soldiers mocked Jesus and Jesus carried his cross with the help of Simon to that place called the Skull. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. And when Jesus spoke to the daughters of Jerusalem and he was crucified, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When Jesus was observed on the cross by the women and by other followers, the fullness of God was still pleased to dwell in him bodily. And in those supernatural events that followed his death, the fullness of God was right there dwelling in him bodily. When the soldiers pierced through Jesus' side to ensure that he was dead, the fullness of God yet still was pleased to dwell upon him bodily. And when Jesus was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, still the fullness of God was upon him. And three days later, when Jesus rose from the tomb where the women mourned, he was resurrected from death to life, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. When the women discovered that empty tomb, when Peter and John hurried off to that empty tomb, when Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene and he appeared to the women to tell them to go and gather the disciples in each of these moments, the fullness of God was upon him. When the Sanhedrin bribed the soldiers to sell a different story about the resurrection, still the fullness of God was right there resting upon Jesus. When he appeared to the two on the road to Emmaus, when he appeared again and again to the disciples, when Thomas sticks his fingers in Jesus' side, the fullness of God is pleased to dwell in him bodily. When Jesus reinstates Peter at the side of the Sea of Galilee with another fish miracle, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him. And when he commissioned his disciples to continue his work, and he ascended to God the Father, where he reigns today forevermore. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him bodily. And here as he reigns at the right hand of the Father, we see that in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You see, heavenly peace, the theme of our sermon series for Advent, it's purchased for us right here where through Jesus all things are reconciled to the Father 
through the blood of his cross. See, how do I find it fitting to preach the blood of the cross on the day that we gather together to celebrate the birth of Jesus? Well, it's for this reason alone, that Jesus was born to die, and he died that we might live, that we might be brought in, ransomed into eternal life. So I want to ask you again, when I ask you to think about your Father God, when I ask you to describe your God, when I ask you to close your eyes and to imagine the face of your God, to tell me stories about your God, does your mind go to the life, death, and resurrection and eternal reign of Jesus Christ, the exact imprint of his nature, the radiance of the glory of God? For in him, the whole fullness of deity was pleased to dwell bodily. When we say Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, we say that he came for us. God, the Father, sent the Son, anointed by the Spirit, to walk among us, to walk among us, to live that life. This was the easiest sermon I ever wrote. In fact, I've been sick all week, and I said, I might not make it through this sermon. How can I preach this in a way that at any point I can stop if I need to do that? I said, well, I'll tell them about the life of Jesus. And some of you guys are going to latch on to certain parts of those stories. You love them. You, you love them. You love those stories of Jesus. And I just ask you, for this Advent, for tonight, for, for, for Christmas Eve, can you take those favorite stories that I just reminded you about, and can you call him God? Can you pause and look at that favorite story of yours and call him God? Remember that this is the exact imprint of your God the risen one, the resurrected one, the one who ransomed you for eternal life. He has reconciled you unto himself by the blood of this man's cross. Listen, I want for you guys this tonight when you gather with us, if you gather with us together or if you gather in your homes, I want you to open your Bibles and I want you to flip to any story about Jesus Christ and I want you to call it a story about your God. I want it to land tonight that your God came for you that when Jesus dwelled among us bodily, we were seeing the Father. If you feel like I've gone too far, then just take it out of Jesus' mouth. Jesus said to Philip, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? For in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Jesus to reconcile to the Father all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Listen, beloved saints, beloved children of the Father, you have been reconciled along with the ranks of heaven by by the blood of Jesus' cross. It's good news that he came because he came to die. And that work has been done, it's been done for you, and it's achieved by faith alone. And so if you walk with Jesus by faith, then tonight I want you to go and rest in heavenly peace and recount the stories of the faithfulness of your God and the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want you to call your favorite story to mind, and then we're going to pray a prayer of thanks and gratitude to him together. Can we do that? I gave you a whole list to grab from. You take a moment with the Holy Spirit's help. Kiddos, you do the same. Think of your favorite story about Jesus. Maybe it's one of those healings. Maybe it's the way that he fed the hungry. Maybe it's the way he showed mercy on sinners. 
Maybe it's the way he was friends of sinners, a friend of sinners. Maybe it's the way that he raised people from the dead. Maybe it's the way that he amazed people with his teaching. You pick your favorite story about Jesus and you call it to mind and then pray with me.